the thing in my own life is how, how, how am I responding to people? And really, it's how am I responding to those that are closest to me? Because mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can do a fair job responding, you know, with a calm, gentle disposition towards yeah. a stranger. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's the people that are closest to me that get the, yeah. the real internal what's going the on. raw, exactly. unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes mid-conversation, I'll need to take a self-time out. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am sitting here right now with one of my favorite people, Kevin Hausenfuss. Oh, come on who's our campus pastor at South Gilbert. Kevin, thanks for being on the podcast with us. I want to talk to you. So if you're not watching the podcast, let me let me just describe Kevin to you. Kevin is six foot seven and he just is oozing masculinity and and you are an I know, I just said that on the podcast. That's all good, man. Uh so Kevin, you you've done sports and athletics and all that. We're gonna talk about mental health, but I want to talk about kind of your journey. How yeah. did you get into because you do like these ultra talk about what you do right now and how you got there? Uh yeah. So I'm a man of many hobbies. <laughs> um in fact, when I, I got married, one of the things that that Shay realized about me quickly is that uh, I love a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I am not a typical raccoon. A typical raccoon loves shiny things, and then they move on to the next. Yeah, uh, and they forget about the previous one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a raccoon that that sticks his hand into a log and grabs a shiny thing mm-hmm. and hangs on to it till he dies. Yeah, but I do that multiple times over. So, okay, so um, so you're all in. Like when you you find something you like, yeah. you're all in. Yeah. yeah, and then I find another thing that I like, and I'm all in on that too, and yeah. it just multiplies. Okay, and so yeah, it's fun times. So you do these. Spartan races, and you, you like doing the obstacle stuff, and sure. you also like doing really long distance of that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? why? Uh, to be honest with you, I just like a challenge. Okay. And I, I really like to push myself to see my limits. And I don't I don't necessarily do it to beat other people. Mm-hmm. I, I I do it to, in the workout world, they call it beat yesterday. Okay. Um, personal and, records. You're always yeah, just yeah, chasing yeah. a new personal best. Exactly. And sometimes I'm not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just go and for me, it's it's become something that's kind of freeing in my mm-hmm. mind, and it creates space okay. uh, to think about other things. And so you have some really cool conversations with people uh, and with your creator mm-hmm. while you're out in the midst of his creation doing something that's really, really hard. Yeah. And so that's been a lot of fun for me. Okay. So we're in the series called Mind Wars, and we're talking about yeah. mindset and all of that. Talk about the, the mental side mm-hmm. of doing these races, the mm-hmm. mental side of pushing yourself physically, because it's not just, have I trained my body? Right. There's also a training of your mind that's going on. 100%. And so uh, just recently, I was signed up for the Spartan Ultra World Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been canceled due to air quality, which is a bummer. Uh, but a lot of people are like, hey, so there's a bunch of fires going bunch on. A bunch of fires. Yep. And so I get to choose another venue, which is awesome. But a lot of people were like, Kevin, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And my response to them is like, well, you're never really ready for that. But you get to a spot where you do enough training. Mm-hmm. And then at least for me, and I'm not sure if this is true for everybody, but for me, there's just something that clicks in my mind to where all of a sudden I'm ready for the pain that will ensue. So mm-hmm. 
I know it's going to be really hard and I know it's going to be tiring and I know it's going to be awful and there's going to be moments where I'm going to want to quit and throw in the towel. But I also get to a point mentally where I'm like, I'm going to just do it. I'm Mm -hmm. going to put one foot in front of another, Mm -hmm. in front of another for a really, really long time. And so the Spartan Ultra World Championship was a 24-hour race at 9,000 feet elevation um, with multiple obstacles over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. And so for me... There's a point in every race, no matter what the distance is, where I enter what I call my pain cave. Okay. Where I just – it's just me and it's self-reflective and it's its me talking to myself mm-hmm. while I'm going through something really hard. And yeah. I could feel my heart beating and I could feel, you know, the, my lungs burning and I could feel my muscles aching. But I'm i am having this conversation with myself and, and with God in a lot of ways. Uh, what while, is that – I'm curious. What does that conversation sound like? Well, I, in some ways, it sounds like the opening scene of the movie Cars. Okay. And so if you've never seen the movie, well, your kids are similar ages to mine. Yep. So um, I watched this movie, I don't even know how many times, because my youngest boy was obsessed with it, and we'd watch it on repeat. Yeah. And so if you're unfamiliar with the movie, Cars starts out with, like, just darkness. Uh-huh. And it's this voice yep. that's basically going, okay, I am speed. And he, he says it to himself a few different times. And he says, one winner, 42 losers. I eat losers for breakfast. And then all of a sudden his mind goes off into mm-hmm. something else. He's like, maybe I should have breakfast before I race, which is totally how we work, right? Mm-hmm. I my mind can be so focused. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden there's a word that just sends me down a rabbit yep. trail. Yep. And, uh, and then he pulls himself back. And then all of a sudden uh, a voice comes over and goes, lightning, are you ready? And he goes, Oh, yeah, I'm ready. And so sometimes that's me. I'll start in the starting corral and I'll size up. Hang on. Of all the inspirational movies, (laughs) of all the different possible, yeah, this speech, this moment, this, you picked cars. And that's your, that that is your life changing. That's something that you go back to again and again. I am speed. (laughs) Yeah. I may look like a Viking type guy that would pick a brave heart or something else like that, but. But I guess cars really gets me there when it comes to uh, entering my pain cave. Yeah, to each their own. (laughs) I guess so. Good for you. Okay, so you're talking to yourself, and 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 there is brilliance in thinking about. Okay, there's there's this monologue that exists inside everybody's head, Mm -hmm. and and to evaluate what is that, and to to steer that monologue, and to go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose what I am telling myself in this moment, and and to. To not let it drift, not let it go to, oh, wait, did I have breakfast? What was for breakfast? You know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to keep it focused on what is most important in that moment. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the pain cave, the most important thing is to keep going. Yeah. yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah. Just keep – because as soon as you sit down, if you're doing any kind of ultra whatever and you let yourself stop and sit down or you go into the, the transition area. I know you've talked about this before and, and you sit down, you know that you're not going to get back up. That is correct. Your body is going to say, nope, we're done. As much as you might want yes. to sit down, yes, I know myself well enough because I've done so many mm-hmm. of these types of things. I know that as soon as I stop, it's really, really hard to get back going. Yeah, and so one of the one of the things that impresses me about you, Kevin, is in all the time I've been able to spend with you, you're you're pretty laid back, easy going. Like you don't get ruffled uh, very much, and and real positive outlook on life and and situations. But you've been through some tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just race wise, but just in in life. Sure. Uh, and, and talk about just kind of what you learned on your journey of, of dealing with some pain, not physically, but even just in in life. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I sit here today, 
and I'm a, a very different person mm-hmm. than than who I was growing up. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, yeah. Next is, has it always been that way? So no, yeah, you're, yeah, you're hitting it right on the head. Growing up, I was a very timid child. Mm-hmm. I, w- I shied away from personal interaction. I didn't make conversation well. Mm-hmm. I was always in my own head um, and, and kind of having those those conversations with myself. And, and the root of the conversation was that I was inadequate mm-hmm. or I didn't measure up or that, you know, people wouldn't really value a conversation with me because I had nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as much as I now really f- focus and fixate on, on positive self-talk, Back growing up, uh, until a certain point in my life, it was it was mainly negative self talk, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. it, it led me to a, a place where um, I felt inadequate in pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it took me a long time to kind of crawl out of that and start putting together some some healthy habits. Um, there's a, to to your point as an adult too. I've gone through some some really hard things that you know at the end of the day. Without the help of of, of God and, and a great support system mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a, um, a healthy family dynamic would have crushed a lot of people. And yeah. I know that there's people that are probably going to watch this today that have, have faced some of those hard things and they would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And some people, unfortunately, are going to watch this today and they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And it maybe led them to a place where they they look back on and go, oh, man, oh, maybe that's what God used for me to hit rock bottom and learn some new healthy habits and or turn my life over to a, a power greater than myself, uh, which has led them to maybe where they're at now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I know this and... um. You can share as much or as little as you want, but I know I know you and your wife Shay. You guys have walked through some tough stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and and some of the hardest things that you know I, I can't imagine going through as a as a parent. And and you've not allowed that to to crush you. You've not allowed that um, to to derail you. Um, and talk talk us through kind of the journey that you and Shay went on. Yeah, and uh, and and how. God, even in the midst of, of that pain, has, has grown you and, and changed you. Yeah, sure. Um, so we have three kids, and um, people that are watching this that go to South Gilbert, they they, they know two of them really well. Mm-hmm. So they, sta- they stand out in the they crowd. They do. Yeah. They do. So Gunner is our oldest. He just turned 11, um, and he's as tall as most adults, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. You know, people think he's 15, 16 years old, but he's mm-hmm. newly turned 11. And then we got a little guy who, when we first were raising him up, we gave him the nickname of uh, Grumpy Moose because he constantly looked like he was upset about something. And most of the time he was upset about something. Then we turned that from Grumpy Moose to Hulk Baby Mm -hmm. um, because at any point in time he would just run off and you would hear him and then you wondered what blew up. Mm -hmm. And so those are our two little boys. But in between them, uh, we have a little girl whose name is Sayla and um, she's seven and a half. She'd be eight in uh, January. And we lost her, um, you know, about a week before her due date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, was there a complication? And, and really there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have asked us over the years, well, did you ever find out why? And our response is, is always the same. Why? Mm-hmm. Why find out why? Because it's not going not gonna to really change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like and my wife feels like that this is just a piece of our story that God wanted us to have. 
knowing full well that we would use it for his glory because other people walk through very similar things. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I wish I could say to everybody that like, I came home and I had this mindset about me, mm-hmm. but I did not. Yeah, I remember the the pain of sitting in the hospital as my wife is, is giving birth to our stillborn daughter and having to call the grandparents mm-hmm. and letting them know that. Yeah. And, and having her dad, you know, say back to me on the other end of the line, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of to tell him to do for me is to get Sayla's car seat out of our car so mm-hmm. that when we do leave the hospital, that isn't one of the first things that we have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what it's like to go home and to walk upstairs and close the door to her bedroom, mm-hmm. which was completely set up mm-hmm. uh, just because I couldn't deal like I, I, I remember closing that door and, and not wanting to open it until I was ready. And it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. I, I read scripture because I, I, I knew I, I wanted something from God. And I remember reading the book of Philippians because, well, you know, growing up in the church, Philippians, it's the book of joy. And mm-hmm. I needed some of that right now mm-hmm. f- from, from God. And I got to Philippians 4.4. 4, where Paul instructs the church and instructs us, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Mm-hmm. And I remember being angry when I read that yeah. because I'm like, no. Absolutely. How do you rejoice yeah. in this moment? There is no moment of rejoicing in the midst of, of a trial of a season like this or a tremendous loss. And I, I remember really wrestling with that. Mm-hmm. And I kept reading and then I got down to verse 8, where Paul talks a lot about mindset mm-hmm. and really the things that we're supposed to think about. Yeah. And those are the things that come from God. They don't come from self. They don't come from, from any other person, but they come from him. Mm-hmm. And it says, think about such things. Yeah. And that was really meaningful for me because then I was able to go back to chapter 4, verse 4. Mm-hmm. And I, I understood that, that verse 8 was what led people to a position to be able to live out what Paul has called them to live out yeah. in verse 4. Yeah. Verse 4, he's saying, here, here's what we do. Verse 8, he's saying, here's how. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you went through the the pain cave yeah. uh, in, in this season, um, and it's it's amazing to me how similar even that journey is. You're going through this physical thing, right? And you're, you got to... Think about what you think about. You got to change your mindset. You got to yeah. you got to replace lies with truth. All of that. Uh, the same things happening when you're going through this pain cave in in life, mm-hmm. and and how uh, both are similar to each other. Yeah, totally. Um, man, so somebody who's going through a season right now and they're in the pain cave. Yeah. What advice do you have for them? Because again, you just give that verse. Hey, mm-hmm. rejoice always. Again, yeah. I say rejoice. Yeah, man, you're going to get throat punched if you say that to somebody on the you know 100%. the wrong day and the in the wrong season. So, what what advice do you have for that person that's in that in that situation? Yeah, um, my advice is is to adjust your outlook, and it's okay to mourn. You know, Scripture yeah. tells us mourn with those who mourn. Yeah, and rejoice with those who rejoice. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where, where you have to grow through the things that you're going through, mm-hmm. right? 
there's a, a, mat, a matra, I guess, yeah. if you will, that our family has. And it's, uh, it's super simple. It says, today I will choose joy. Yeah. Because each day is a gift. Mm-hmm. If we recognize it as such from the beginning, mm-hmm. it adjusts the way we might think about how we're going to spend it mm-hmm. if it's a gift. Yeah. Right? We treat gifts a certain way. And especially when we get a brand new one, and we know this from childhood, no one teaches us this. When we get a brand new gift, we want to we want to play with it right away, mm-hmm. and we want to sh- show it to everybody. We want to tell everybody about it. And, and it's our new prized thing. So if we treat every day as a gift, as it, as it mm-hmm. really is, mm-hmm. well, then it ought to adjust the way that we approach it. Mm-hmm. And so if today, with this gift that we have, we, we choose joy over choosing other things because everything in life is a choice. Mm-hmm. You have a choice on how you're going to respond to different things going on in your world. Yeah. And so if we're going to choose joy, well, then that joy should should be at the forefront of every decision that we make, every interaction that we make, every mm-hmm. conversation that we have, um, because we know that we've been given this gift by God to, to you know, cultivate it and, and, and cherish it in a certain way. Um, and, but yet he gives us the joy also to do so mm-hmm. because that that is from a relationship that we have in him. I could choose to have an upbeat attitude, but I can't choose joy necessarily. I choose Christ, which then delivers that joy. Again, it's the verse eight to the verse four type yeah. thing. Yeah. So. so Kevin and I are in a basketball league together. We're on the on, on this team together. And if Hey, we're two and zero, by the way. We are two and zero. Yeah, come on. Yeah, good job. Yeah. So for our team, if you're if you're listening, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And if you're in the Gilbert Rec League, you're about to know our team's entire strategy. Oh, so our our plan is get Kevin the ball. And so every play, it's get Kevin the ball. And what do we do when we're down? Get Kevin the ball. What do we do if we're up? Get Kevin the ball. So that's our play. Yeah, it's and, good play. and we run that play. And Kevin gets real physical. And there's always you know there's always going to be contact during the games. And so we were playing in this game, and and Kevin, he's just he's just getting a rock. Like this guy's flying into him full steam. He's taking charges, the whole deal. And I saw you do something. Kevin pops up and he pulls himself out of the game. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and it's, you know, he, he was starting to get a little bit frustrated. You're starting to get a little bit intense, even talking to the ref and all of that. Yeah. And you're like, you called a timeout for yourself. That's right. Um, and I remember it distinctly because I had to go in in Kevin's place. And I thought, <laughs> I do not want this position. And so yeah. uh, you you pulled yourself out of the game. What what was it in that moment that made you go, I need, I need to take a timeout here? Yeah. Two things. I mean, you hit it on the head. I was starting to get a little bit frustrated and mm-hmm. angry. Um you know, I've played basketball for a lot of my life. I've been a referee, so I know what it's like to be an official as uh-huh. well. And so I know that officials feed off negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes when people blow up, you can see this in college, you can see this in pros, you can see this in high school. You can even see it in peewees, but most of the time it's not the, <laughs> it's not the, par- it's not the, the players, it's, it's the, the parents, parents that yes. are blowing up. Yes. And, and all that negativity, what that does to the official is the official, instead of being afraid to blow the whistle against that person, it, it makes them want to blow the whistle against that person all the more. Yeah. And so, yes, I was getting a little bit fired up. So I took myself out to, to take a little cool down, mm-hmm. uh, to adjust my thinking, to adjust my actions, because yep. at the end of the day, it's rec league. Who That's cares? right. This is not going, I don't right, think there's yeah. even a record book in existence that no. if, if you wanted to tell me who the 2014 C League Gilbert Rec champion was nobody good knows. luck. Good no. luck finding that record. Nobody knows that record. <laughs> and I'm not picking up any ten yeah. day contracts no, you know, for the no. NBA. I didn't see any scouts. They might have been there. I didn't see any scouts in our no, game. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But anywho, I needed to I needed to adjust my perspective because the thing about it 
Rec leagues are fun. I do it more for the fellowship mm-hmm. than than really the the competitiveness. I love winning. I do, of course. Um, yeah. But I don't care that much about that. And I needed mm-hmm. to to bring myself back to that headspace to remind like, you, yes, <laughs> of what you just yes, said. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and at the end of the day, I don't I don't even want the officials to have a negative experience that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, they they get you know slammed by so many people in every endeavor that they do when they put on those stripes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to add to that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather give them a positive experience. And so, yeah, I got a couple of calls that didn't go my way. Mm-hmm. Started to get a little frustrated. Yep. I'm like, you know what? Come come in for me real quick. I'm going to go ahead and just chill for a bit. Yep. I think it took about two minutes, maybe three. Could have felt like 30 it for you. It felt like a but, lot. I was coming yeah. off of bronchitis. So that's that was true. a long three minutes. That's yeah. true. But, uh, but I needed that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay for us in our day-to-day to be able to call a little self time out, yeah, and to really regain perspective of what ultimately matters, and for us that follow after Jesus, to remind ourselves of ultimately who we represent, yeah, and yeah, it's just a good perspective to carry. All right, so Pastor Kevin, asking yes, you this question now for people that are listening how how do we identify? How do I identify when it's time to take a time out? When it when it's time to go, okay, I need to go get my my headspace right. Mm-hmm. I need to go. Uh, reframe and, and remind myself of, of who I am, whose I am, what I'm doing. What, what are some of those signs that, okay, it's time to take a time out mm-hmm. in life? Yeah. I think that when you respond out of emotion, especially negatively, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good indicator. Mm-hmm. I think that we all have a, a self-awareness to ourselves. Some are, are better gifted. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, there's an expression that I say that common sense is not a flower that grows in every garden. Uh-huh. Um, so some don't have as great of gifting. Yep. But we all understand ourselves better than the person sitting across the table from us. Yeah. And so when you start to feel your heart rate go up or yep. you start to get that little twitch in your left eye or yep. whatever it may be that your it is Your voice gets you, louder. Your hands start clenching. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing in my own life is how, how, how am I responding to people? And really, it's how am I responding to those that are closest to me? Because mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can do a fair job responding, you know, with a calm, gentle disposition towards yeah. a stranger. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's the people that are closest to me that get the, yeah. the real internal what's going the on. raw, exactly. unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes mid-conversation, I'll need to take a self-time out mm-hmm. and I'll... You know, especially with my my kids is where it really is the the spot where I see that happen a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll be especially my oldest boy who man, that kid is so smart and he's so gifted in so many things. And I look at him and I just I see infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. He always asks me, Dad, what do you think I'm going to be the best at? You know, between these six things, and I always tell him like, whichever one you fall in love with, buddy, because you have so much capacity to do mm-hmm. great things, right? But I'll see these these conversations take place, and then all of a sudden he'll say something, and I'll say something back. I'll ask a question. He'll answer it. I'll ask another question. He'll answer it. And it's getting me nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I start to get frustrated because I'm like, bro, I want to help you get there. Yeah. And I know the right questions to ask, but you're not answering in the way that I'd expect. And those are the the seasons where I need to take a self-time out because I need to be reminded that he's still just a young guy trying yeah. to figure out his yeah. own emotions. Even if he looks like he's 25 years old, he's still 11. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> so yeah. you got to remind yourself of that too. Exactly right. And so I think it's just, it's good awareness that we all just need to work on mm-hmm. conversation by conversation, relationship by relationship of 
am I approaching this in a way that is good for the other person on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. but also good for me? Mm-hmm. It, are we going to both leave this conversation more healthy than when we entered it? Yeah. Last question for you, and then we'll, we'll we'll pray. You've been working with not just adults as a campus pastor, but you you've been working with students for years and years. You worked at a camp, you worked in youth ministry, and and as we talk about mental health, there, there's this growing crisis of, mm-hmm. of mental health with adolescents, with teenagers. What what are things that that you've seen? Uh, what what advice do you have for whether it's a parent of a teenager, maybe there's a teenager listening to this, mm-hmm. and and with social media and all of that, mental health problems have just been magnified by, you know, everybody can see into everybody's lives and, and what we put on display and what reality is and just all of that just messes with mental health. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for, for health for our, our teens? Yeah. I mean, that is a that is a real issue in our world today. I mean, teenagers carry more weight than you or I, you know, mm-hmm. had to carry when we were sitting in their seat, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't really that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the, the social media and online Our worlds were so much smaller when, when we were going through the same stuff that they're going through. Well, their world just expanded to everybody. Well, and our level of connectivity was, was much more this yes. than it was, you know, the device in our hand. Mm-hmm. Um you know, students nowadays, just, just keeping up with information is an impossible task. Mm-hmm. You know, information multiplies, it doubles at such a, an incredible rate that no wonder kids and students feel this weight because they they, they almost have an internal FOMO going on mm-hmm. because they... Uh, Fear of missing out if yeah, you don't know what FOMO sorry, is. That's yeah, sorry. That's all right. Internal speak. I'll, I'll, um, I'll translate. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, this internal... FOMO that that they're like oh I, ca- I can't keep up with everything. Of course you can't. Mm-hmm. It's 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 physically and emotionally impossible yeah. to do that. Um, but a lot of students, I think, what they do is they take that and instead of just sloughing it off because they they are still very much establishing, especially you know guys, still establishing who they are. Mm-hmm. They they internalize that, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it starts to attack their self worth, their st- self value. Um, I think for students, the greatest thing that they can have are, are people in their corner. Uh-huh. Uh, and it could be people that they walk on a campus with, uh-huh. but what's of even greater value is someone who's further along down the road of life yeah. that will just sit and have a conversation. And you know, just like I know, sometimes having those conversations with students can feel like slamming your head against a wall because you feel like <laughs> mm-hmm. you're getting nowhere mm-hmm. and all you're doing is asking the questions and you're getting one word answers. Mm-hmm. But there was a student that I had back at my previous church and it was during COVID. It was a funky time for everybody. Mm-hmm. But his dad called me up just out of the blue and he goes, Kevin, I'm worried about my son because every social outlet that he had, he no longer has. And mm-hmm. all he does is sit and he looks at a screen mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm watching him physically and emotionally recluse mm-hmm. and, and, and waste away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear that on the other side of a line and you hear the genuineness of a dad's heart for mm-hmm. his boy. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to th- do something. Mm-hmm. Something's, something's always better than nothing. Yeah. And so I, I told the dad, I said, how about I just start meeting with the kid once a week? And he's like, would you really do that? And I said, sure. I didn't know what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was every Monday from 1 to 3, I met with this kid. 
he wasn't going to school because it's COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, and some weeks we had great conversations, uh-huh. and other weeks we didn't. And all we did was get in the golf cart and drive circles around the church campus, uh-huh. and we just talked life. And sometimes we'd talk about meaningful things, and other times it was just me trying to break the silence. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's your favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> oh, what's your favorite pizza place? Uh, I don't actually have a favorite pizza place. I cook DiGiorno. Oh, what's your favorite DiGiorno? <laughs> Cheese. Oh, okay. How yeah. many times do you eat pizza a week? Yeah. Uh, about five times. And all of a sudden, these these what seem meaningless mm-hmm. conversations to me mm-hmm. open doors to meaningful conversations. And then when things are going on in his world, who, who does he turn to? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he turns to his parents because... He knows that they care, but he also turns to this this guy who doesn't have to love him necessarily mm-hmm. um, that just made time for him when he needed it most. Yeah, Students need that. They don't realize they do, um, but, it, but it really makes a huge investment and a huge difference in their life because they, they, they perceive value mm-hmm. because it's been shown to them by another human being. Mm-hmm. When you live a life that's primarily on the screen or a social media platform, the only value you have is in likes. But you and I both know we like stuff all the time on social media that we don't actually like. Yep. We just see it and go, eh, it's kind of neat. Yep. You know? But when you actually spend time and invest, yeah. when an older person seeks out a younger person and yeah. says, hey, I see what you're going through. I want to wade into those waters with you. Mm-hmm. Man, that makes a huge Helps difference. Helps them navigate this really tough season of life. For Adolescence sure. is just it, – it's a – it's a mess already, and then uh, you add social media, and you add things like COVID and all that. It just, yeah, yeah, it, it's just absolute chaos. So having an, an adult mm-hmm. who who cares for a kid, loves yeah. that kid. I'm I'm going to give a shameless plug uh, to our, our student ministries at our, our campuses, and Kevin, I know you've been a, a big part of that at South Gilbert. Um, but just having we we have adults mm-hmm. who love kids, students, and and are available. Yeah, and and so yeah, get your kids in youth group on, on the weekends, get them in small group during the week and, and let, let them be around adults who are further ahead, who, who are going to ask questions and listen and, and care for them. And uh, I have that for my kids. I want that for anybody who's got kids who are adolescents and really, really important that right. they're not doing life alone or they're not doing life on the screen only or just with mom and dad, but, but that we as a church can, we can go on that journey together. Absolutely. Um, so thanks for your ministry to students. Thanks for your investment and, and for that. Let me do that little shameless plug there. Hey, I'll do another one for okay. you. Maybe you're an adult watching this right now mm-hmm. and you're thinking, oh man, I don't think I'm qualified mm-hmm. to serve in student ministries. I'll challenge you to uh, let that slip out of your mind because really in student ministries, we need people that love God and love students. And some of my best leaders uh, that I've ever had were people that maybe didn't think they fit the student ministry Pretty much every great leader I've talked to is like, "Ah, I don't know if I could do this when they first got into it. And and it turns out, yeah, you can ask them questions about DiGiorno and it (laughs) actually goes a long way. It does. Yeah. It's amazing what God can do with a little bit of just willingness. Availability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, thanks so much for spending time with us on the Absolutely. podcast. Would you would you pray for us? Pray for our students. Pray for for those that are listening. And mm-hmm. uh, and thanks everybody for going on the journey with us. And Kevin for being a part of this. Yeah, man, let's do it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. Today is a gift, and um, we know that you are the giver of that gift. Lord, thank you for the minds that you've given us. Um, let us think about the things that that ultimately are from you. 
um, that allow us to choose joy for our day. Thank you for the journey that you have each and every one of us on, and maybe some of those journeys look different. Maybe some of those journeys are going through uh, a tough season. Lord, I pray that you would meet those people right where they're at, that that they would find you and find others that would spur them on, Lord. And maybe for some of us that are listening, the, the season is really bright right now. Um, for those, I I pray that you would grab a hold of their heart and allow them to see how they might participate in someone else's story, that they might be a bright light or a shining moment in someone's day uh, that would give them the strength to take their next step forward. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to just be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for um, the church, not the building, but the movement that we've chosen to be a part of. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that we've received in you. And because we've received it, may we extend it forward. Thank you again for today and the gift that it is. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.